You're currently married, though. Yep. And your current husband that you have two children with has no idea that you're gay. No, no. Welcome back to Other People's Lives. I'm Joe Sanigato. I'm Greg Dybeck. For anyone out there that wants to be a guest on our show, don't hesitate to reach out to us. You can reach us at our website, OPLshow.com, or send us an email directly at OPLpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and if you want to get bonus episodes and help support the show, head over to Patreon.com slash OPLshow. You'll get weekly behind-the-scenes bonus episodes, and it's just $5 a month. So to jump into today's episode, we're going to be speaking with a woman who recently reached out to us, and she wrote in her email... I'm 40 years old, a mother of two adult children, I have a fulfilling career, and I've been with my husband for almost 15 years. We live a small life, but by all standards, a good life, except one thing, I'm gay and no one knows it. She then went on to add, I will most likely go to the grave loving a woman I can never have. So we have the privilege of speaking with her today in order to have what we think is an important conversation about what it's like being a person who feels they can't come out. And we're glad to be able to have this talk and put her perspective and situation out there because she is surely not the only person uh, out there in this position. So we've got her on the line now. And uh, firstly, thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much, Greg. Thank you, Joe. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. And you mentioned in the email that you knew you were gay since grade school. So can you just paint a picture for us of the time you were growing up in, your family dynamic, and just what was going through your head at the time you had this realization that you were gay? Sure. Well, I, you know, I come from a big Italian family. I have three brothers. I'm the only daughter. Uh, I'm the oldest sibling. So um, from a very went to like a Catholic high school, Catholic grade school. And I think for the other, the other children, you know, it was very typical when you're second, third grade to develop crush, like a school kind of crush. Um, my first crush was a young lady with strawberry blonde hair. I would spend hours staring at her hair, um, imagining what it would be like to kiss her, touch her. Um, so, and I guess I didn't think there was anything strange about that until I realized, you know, none of the other girls did that as well. They were always kind of fixated on Johnny or Timmy and mine was, mine was Connie. So it was a little different. So, you know, from a young age, like obviously you start noticing these things at, at any point, you know, did you come to the realization that like, okay, I am gay, but like, what would be the reason why? Or what was the reason why you felt like you couldn't come out and say that? So back in the night, I mean, I am 40. Um, it's a little different than it is now. Like I said, all children um, and to raise millennials in the, in the 90s is like two different planets, right? So back then, it wasn't so much that I grew up in an Italian Catholic uh, home. It was more so that it just wasn't spoken about. It wasn't, it, you know, it's not like, or at least it wasn't, you know, in my my uh, upbringing or that demographic you know I live in um, in Pennsylvania it's a very conservative area of the country and uh, it just wasn't spoken about it wasn't like how it is now where I think a lot of um, a lot of young teens are encouraged via social media or with different platforms to come out and there's some support back then it just you know I just didn't feel that I could kind of come home to my parents and you know 
have an outing party or tell a girlfriend, hey, you know, I really think Susie is cute or Connie is gorgeous. I just didn't feel that. I just kept it to myself and never spoke about it. Yeah. And growing up, you know, I think that's super understandable and, and a lot of people uh, I'm sure can relate to that. And, you know, you mentioned the email like a second generation immigrant Catholic family. And, you know, we totally understand uh, the weight that's probably on your shoulders when you have this realization as a child in that setting. Um, but, you know, as you get older, I guess the and I could be wrong in assuming this, but it seems like a more obvious path could be never getting married, but you end up getting married to a man and having children. So who is this man? When did you meet him? And how does that relationship develop when you are obviously attracted to women? Right. And so um, my husband at the time, uh, he had just gotten out of the military and um, was a surgeon, surgeon in the military, um, very medical. I was in the medical field for many years. Um, and I think he knew, I mean, I inevitably, I believe my parents knew they had, you know, would ask me years later, um, when you in college, when you lived with your roommate, was that really your roommate? I, I there were clues or signs that I don't know. I, I think my family knew, but I just never felt comfortable enough to say, I mean, even like I said, late nineties, early two thousands, Will and Grace was a big show, right? It was, it was becoming more popularized and more accepted and socially accepted. Um, but, and then I just didn't feel comfortable enough to kind of out myself. So then I meet this gentleman. Um, the next step being from a huge Italian Catholic family after college is, you know, you get married, you have kids, that's what you do. Um, and so I met this gentleman and decided to start a life with him and, uh, we had kids and did the, did the married thing. But I think even he knew, I mean, our sex life was good. It's not as if we didn't have sex. Um, I was always very sexually open, very explorative. Um, I had no qualms about my sexuality. I didn't feel inhibited. Um, but I think, you know, when we were both watching the same porn at the same time, was always in the same i i don't know i think even he at some point was like hey wait a second there's something kind of off here so even with all of that you still haven't felt comfortable to come out and tell him or your parents so my first husband yes so uh, i did that marriage did end in a, in a divorce um i did end up telling my first husband hey listen uh... um, really really attracted to this person, this young lady, and uh, she had felt the same because I was raised Catholic. Um, you know, it was a mortal sin to commit adultery, and I knew I couldn't step out while I was married. Um, but there was mutual feelings both ways. It wasn't, you know, um, just because the marriage was struggling. We genuinely cared for each other, and I felt he had a right to know, so I did tell him. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so that was your first marriage, but you didn't have children with your first husband? I did not. Okay. So I guess to paint the full picture, so you're currently married though. Yep. And your current husband that you have two children with has no idea that you're gay or that you're having this conversation. No, no, 
No, I told him I had to get on a work call, which is typical. I travel a lot for work um, and told him I had to get on a call. So I, you know, I wasn't going to discuss what I was talking about. But I just, I guess I felt because it inevitably destroyed my first marriage. Why would I do that a second time? The kids are happy. They're thriving. They're adults now, 18 and uh, early 20s. And Wow. It, it, it's interesting that you were able to end that first marriage, though, with that transparency and honesty of letting him know. I'm assuming you didn't tell your like immediate family or anything, but it, it's it's essentially a secret between you and your first husband. Correct. Which must have been a relief. So how do you go from that to then getting married to another man and then having kids and, you know, really planting the seeds of a life together? I don't know. I guess I just... I, I don't, I just, a lot of guilt. I felt like, you know, this was just kind of my cross to bear, if you will. Um, I will tell you though, my first husband, it was ironic when I told him, you know, there was a lot of tears. It was exceptionally difficult. Um, he wasn't a bad guy. We did not have a bad marriage or a bad sex life. I was just gay. And when I told him, um, he, you know, of course was crushed and, and sad that the marriage was ending, but he said it was actually a relief that I had finally come clean and been true to myself. He said he had known for years. So, mm. oh. wow. And also in your email, it, you know, you say that there is a specific woman who you've been in love with for so many years. When did you meet this person? So I met that uh, young lady. She was our HR director. I am in marketing and business development or in a form of sales. And uh, we had worked together previously. She was a colleague. And uh, it started off very benign. And um, I, I don't, it's really, really difficult because we both hard not to fall for each other, but it's something that happened and spiraled very fast. So you are romantically involved with her? I was. Mm. Wow. So, so you, so is this someone you talk to every day to this day? Yes. Huh. I guess this is, this, I like, I, I can even feel the stress of this situation. And we've been talking for like 10 minutes, uh, I guess to just kind of take a step back, you know, from all the details we're discussing, um, how are you still going through this essentially? Like you said that your kids are older now. There is, is there just no world where you tell your husband this? Is it a fear of losing the marriage or affecting just the family dynamics, your children? I mean, can you just walk us through, you know, I guess your current day thought process of uh, why you're, you know, keeping this a secret? So I guess I just, um, you know, I don't know. I guess if I could answer, I, if I had the answer to that, I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know why I haven't just come out and said, hey, look, I'm gay. I've been gay my entire life. This is what it is. I love this person. She loves me. She is not out to her family. She's um, quite a bit older than I am. So it's even, you know, further back um, of a tighter, you know, kind of um, generational closeted kind of thing um but i i don't know i i don't know i wish i did know i wish i could just come out you know it's a new year everybody has these resolutions and every year i'm like this year i'm gonna do it and then i don't do it. 
Do you do you see this person often? Uh, every couple of months when I travel, I, I travel a lot. But when I'm on the East Coast, I, you know, of course, will make a point to stop in that city, even if I don't have to. She'll come home on holidays um, and stop in my city when she doesn't have to. When I lost my uh, my mom, when my mom passed, she was the first one at the funeral home. You know, when her parents or loved ones have passed, I was the first one there. But everybody assumes we're just very, very close friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is is there fear of having this relationship or I guess just any time there is someone else that essentially holds the keys to your secret that could bring down the your family, in this case, your husband and your kids? Um, or, or is that just not a worry? Do you just have full trust in this person? Um, do I think she would out me? Is that what... Yeah. Yeah. Basically, I that. Yeah, that's that's what I'm asking. Or if if the relationship were to end or if you tried to end it, is is there that fear that uh, she would yeah essentially tell your husband or your children? No, I, I don't believe she. I think that that would be such uh, not even a betrayal, but she would almost find that rude or like not her place, like just the same. It would never be my place um, to out her. It's such deeply held um almost secret that I just, even if it, God forbid, went terrible and, you know, it was a volatile breakup, I still would never, it would never cross my mind to out her because it wouldn't, A, it wouldn't solve anything. Um, It's not going to bring her back or definitely, certainly wouldn't fix the relationship. But I don't, I I don't know. I just, I I think that that would be, no, I I would never worry that she would out me or I would out her. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. I mean, I mean, you know, the like you were saying before that every year you're kind of like, this will be the year that I, you know, say something to, to you and this woman ever have conversations of like, we'll be together one day. Like we'll, you know, all so you guys have those conversations all the time, but all the time. it's been, how many years have you guys known each other? Um, it'll be 17, uh, this May. Wow. 17 years. I want to, um, there's, there's a whole other piece from the email. I think that, that we can now add to the equation, um, which, right. And, and the whole dynamic of this situation. So you mentioned, uh, in the email, so you have a transgender son and you wrote that you in a sense envy him because he he's out open expressing, you know, his true identity and you go to pride parades you support him that is a crazy dynamic to wrap your head around because you are now supporting a child that did you know one of one of the hardest things you know i still think today um but meanwhile your whole family who is supporting a transgender child has no idea about your secret that you're gay correct Correct. And there is such a great deal. You know, I, uh, it took a lot of courage for my essentially son. He's my son now, um, to come out. He was in fifth or sixth grade, very, very young. Um, we kept telling him it's a phase it'll pass. You know, you don't know yet you're too young, but he knew, I mean, look, we know each other. I, people know we are who we are and you know, when you know, you know, and so looking back, um, there were signs. I, my son at the 
time was a daughter and never played, you know, dolls or Barbies or didn't play house. There was never any baby care. I mean, my son knew who he was at a very young age. He was just in the wrong body. And so the deal was with dad and I that we would wait till he was in high school. And uh, once he was old enough or just before he was done being a minor where he could make an educated guess and we could get all the facts, we would assist him with um, transgender hormone therapy and walk him through that process. And uh, I do envy him, even though it's been um, gut-wrenching, you're right, even in you know 2021, 2022, now we still have such a stigma and there are hate crimes that go on. I live in a very small conservative area of my state and, uh, but he is so brave and he's so courageous. And I tell him that all the time, if I only had an ounce of your courage, I, he really does live his authentic self and, um, there have been consequences and he's dealt with them beautifully. And I do envy his courage and his strength. We go to pride parades and, uh, he's just so proud and so embraced in his community and the LGBT community. It really is like you pick your family there. They are family, these kids. And Mm -hmm. it's incredible, but there's a little part of me that actually is so envious and it's heartbreaking to not be able to do the same thing. Are you optimistic that, or like, are you optimistic that you will one day, tell everyone or do you think it's more likely that you just you know won't and you'll just keep doing what you're doing now oh god that is it's a loaded question i i'd like to say you know i i will one day you know life is so short i tell the kids all the time life is so short i'm in the medical field i see people 18 19 years old they're gone i mean we only get one life life is short if you find somebody you can love, man, hold on to them because you really don't know. It could be you tomorrow. I'd love to say one day I will, but I don't know. I mean, I'm 40 years old. I feel like I don't. I hope so. I would hope to. If you, you know, I guess in the, in, in the hypothetical, if you were to sit your family down, do you have a sense of what their reaction might be? probably the same as my as my first probably relieved that I finally came out do, do you think they suspected at all because you did mention your first husband and you questioned if even some of your own family members may have suspected it when you were younger do you think any of your family members now would suspect it yes oh really mm-hmm. and what is it that you uh, fear the most about coming out um, uh, I fear that if I, if I'm truly genuine and I came out, would my family, um, I, I, will they, I don't know. I, will they not, will they not love me? Will my brothers not, um. I've always been the oldest, the one that always held everybody together, the one that held the family together. Um, I don't know. I, my three brothers are, some are ex-military, some are police officers. They're very upstanding people. They're good people, good husbands, but their lives aren't messy. I feel like my life is so messy that I, even though I've been the one always holding it down, is this 
going to be just one more thing for them to be like, oh, my God, she's a, a train wreck. I don't know. Yeah, I mean. I'm the yeah. only divorce, so that's the thing. That's already, like, a hit against me. And to have a second divorce by 40 would be, like, mortifying. I Again, I was raised in a different. Um... No, but these are these are the things that I think anyone would think about. Like, yes, you may have found yourself in a more unique position than most but it is you know that is the way the mind works I mean there's there's just no way for us not to consider what other people might think uh and the potential things that you know you could lose even just logistically of like a house and a family unit that's together and and things like that that's that would be so much to lose you know even though there's potentially so much to gain on the other side uh, you know how do you how do you weigh those two things and I think for every it, it just it comes to a point where you're like oh my god is it worth it it like you said is it worth it having the big house being in the limelight and my husband is in a form of politics is it is it worth it is it really worth it at the end of the day when all you want to do is be with that one person that makes you able to breathe and sleep and be able to sleep at night is it really it's really hard and I know there has to be other people you know everybody's out and proud now and that's great but there has to be other people out there that are in the closet and struggling still yeah no absolutely and that's a good point too and like uh, I know you know I've, I've heard Joe discuss this a lot too like when you look at even just things like social media and like you said like yes the image that we receive is everyone's coming out everyone's happy and it's great and there's been huge uh, a huge amount of progress made and and people being able to come out but that is you know a small curated portion of of what we're seeing and like you said that that is just not the case for everyone not everyone's able to do that not everyone you know people find themselves in different uh situations like clearly your example or you know coming from certain families and uh, yeah, I'm sure there are a ton of people that are in a similar position where they feel still, even in 2022, unable to come out. And that's why I think this is important is, you know, I, I think it spans across generations, age, like this will always be something that, that people struggle with. I, I think so too. And I think you're right. We have made incredible leaps and bounds in progress and for you know every meme that you see or like a little TikTok of some kid coming out you you know great for them i'm genuinely like jazzed for them but at the same time that's 60 percent of the pie there's another entire community that is like holy shit i still can't even this this late in life even at 40 i i just that's not an option for me and it's really really difficult it's hard because on one hand you are so excited that the gay community is so out and proud and everybody's happy and fly a rainbow and that's great. But what about the rest of us? You know what I mean? Like, how do we cope? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess, you know, growing up in a, in a different time where, I mean, it's like night and day, you know, now of what it's like and coming out. I, I had said this on a previous episode where when I was in high school, I graduated high school in 2010, I believe, I think 2010. Um, and that like I didn't really know any out 
gay kids. Like there were kids that we suspected to be gay and they weren't necessarily like, you know, right. Not you know what I mean? They weren't like hiding it or anything, but no one was like out and like, like that. But now I feel like if you walk through any high school, there are a bunch of out gay kids. So it's, it's just a different type of thing. And I guess that would be just be hard to shake to be right. growing up in your like formidable years and dealing with that kind of pressure and, I guess confusion when you're younger and like you were describing where you're like, well, oh, okay. Other girls don't feel this way that I do about, you know, other girls. Right. Um, so I guess that could be hard to shake. And, you know, ultimately it just comes down to whatever you want to do. I mean, you know, it's, it seems like, you know, you've found someone that you care about and you guys kind of have an understanding of what's going on. And I think that may be the most, important thing in this um kind of scenario so you know i i guess you know obviously it's not a decision that i'm but i'm anyone else is making for you but uh i think that i think that it's okay obviously that you're doing you're handling things the way that you are especially because of what the reasons i was just saying like growing up like that it can make things a lot more difficult um but yeah, I can definitely understand the generational sort of gap there. Like it's a lot easier nowadays for kids to kind of come out because it's it's just more accepted now, you know? And and it, you also are dealing with people who also grew up in a different generation, even older than you. Um, and definitely it wasn't as accepted back then. Um, so yeah, I mean, most of, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, obviously, but like most of what like the hesitancy to come out for a lot of kids is the reaction from other people. So if you know that the reaction from these people are, these people grew up in a time where it wasn't necessarily accepted socially like that, um, then yeah, that could definitely cause a lot of anxiety. So I, I totally agree. And to put it into perspective, you have to understand like integration had just like, that was the dust was just settling when like then the eighties came and then, know like divorced parents was the big cliche thing like sally and you know sally's family has you know a mom and a dad and they don't live together that was mm. like taboo when i was in school like divorced parents was a big thing it was unheard of to hear that like sally has two dads for my kids going to school that is like they don't blink an eye like you know sally's transgender okay like they, they it, it's not that they don't care they're just so socially aware that they realize, I think, I feel like in this generation now, they realize that there's such bigger, there's such bigger fish to fry. It's not that they don't care. It's just that there's not a stigma like there, like there was. It's not taboo anymore. When back in the 80s and 90s or even late 70s, it just wasn't discussed. I'm sure 100% hands down, there were other gay girls at my all-female Catholic high school um but it just wasn't talked about it wasn't discussed there was no pride day there was no pride parades there was none of that ever ever yeah. ever and and if there were other women like that they might be in the same situation as you right now too just again like based on the upbringing and the time and you're just essentially getting programmed you know in those years it was and I think that's a lot of the reason I ended up leaving like my kids aren't Catholic and I think I'm not to bash anybody's religion I you know listen I grew up Catholic I get it I still pray I still go to church but you're right it, it's it's a form of programming you're just told over and over that it's wrong it's a mortal sin the venal sin I mean we're talking nuns 
like I, I went to school with nuns. It's no joke. Yeah. yeah. I want to say like using that word programming, I'm interested because you've really put yourself in a position. You said you've been married for 15 years, essentially playing the role of a straight wife. I'm just curious to hear more about that dynamic. Like if you, you are on one hand holding this secret and there is another woman in your life that you love, but are you still finding the time to have like the willpower and put in the energy to make a marriage work and raise your children? And I'm assuming that you are still in love with your husband as a person, even if, you know, that's not necessarily your sexual preference. Um, but can you talk about that? Because 15 years is a, a long time to do anything. And I wonder if you've just, you know, what, what that's like for you, because that is essentially the life that you're used to. You've in a way programmed your life to use that word right so of course i would never marry someone i didn't love of course you know love each other very much very dear to me i would be lying if i told you that it was completely blissful we have our problems like any other marriage we argue we fight we make up like any other marriage um we're still sexually active i'm i'm 40 i'm getting up there but i'm not there yet uh <laughs> He is quite older than me as well. Um, he's closer to the to the other age of the other person. But I will tell you that it has been hard. Um, it is very, very lonely. And you learn to just kind of smile through it. You kind of fake it till you make it. And uh, I don't know. I mean, if I was dying tomorrow, I would want them both by my bedside, which is horribly selfish to say and probably completely immoral. But I love them both. And I know it's really hard to wrap your mind around it, but like when he had his bout with an illness, I was right there the entire time. I, of course I would be there. I, I love him. And I knew it would be comforting for me to be there for him. Just as if I, if I was sick, I would want him there. Um, but I would want her too. And it seems very selfish and really, really hard to wrap your head around. I don't even understand it, but it kind of is what it is, but I, yeah, I still cook. I clean. We celebrate Christmas. We do holidays. I, what can you do? You just kind of fake it till you make it. And what about, um, this other woman? Does she, is she romantically involved with anybody? No. And I feel really, really guilty for that. She is not married. She never had children. Um, I think that's a huge aspect of the guilt too, because I want that for her. I, I know how lonely she is, um, and it's really, really hard. It really is. It's the one aspect of our lives we can't share. I can't turn to her and say, hey, my son got an A on his biochem test. She, I, That's great, but she doesn't know as a mother or to celebrate those milestones or to have life beyond your own. It's something that will never happen for her. She is well beyond the age now of conceiving other than adopting and there's nothing wrong with that but she missed her opportunity to marry and to have children and i have such profound guilt for that because we were together there was no one else right so i could have said to her hey look it's not going to happen go start your life find happiness you know i but i didn't selfishly subconsciously i don't know yeah but it's not she has not had children and she is 54 do you think that 
uh, she would have if you guys were not like romantically involved? Yes. Mm. Pause. I I mean, I don't know, but. And also at the beginning of this sort of relationship, how did it come to be? Did you, how did you guys meet and, you know, so we met, did you exp- We were both working at the same hospital. Uh, we met as colleagues and she was a director. I was a director at the hospital that she was a director at at the time. And, uh, you know, she had come from um, another state and I was new to my state that I was in and we were both lonely. We had met up one night for drinks and it just came out. I, I don't, whatever possessed me to tell her, I guess it was a comfortability. Um, it was being in a new city and being alone. It was a lot of things, but we just, you know, we shared an evening together and that's what kind of started it. And it kind of progressed from there. It was nothing I ever intended to be long-term or, you know, some many years later, it was kind of like a, it was what it was thing. And it, it just never was that I became extremely attached very quickly as did she. And, um, there was a definite connection there and it just sort of grew from there. Is there any part of you that maybe secretly would want this to come out without you being the one to tell people? I thought about that when I wrote the email to OPL, I, I analyzed everything and I thought on a subconscious psych level, what if there was a re, you know, what if subconsciously, I don't know how you would ever connect the dots. I tried to remain the interview, but I thought about that. I thought maybe this was my way being like somebody out me please (laughs) well yeah and that was going to be my follow-up to that question too is like then why you know why be so open with us obviously this platform like allows you to remain anonymous which is why we're lucky to speak to so many people about their stories um but yeah you know you just hear stories of uh people who were essentially living a double life or had this weight on their shoulders of a secret and then they can never bring themselves to tell but it comes out somehow they get caught whatever it is and you just hear them say well this is a relief like first and foremost it's just a relief that it's finally out there so um yeah i mean it's it's interesting to think about that i always found it interesting that um criminals would often say courtroom they're being processed with their attorney and saying oh i believed i got caught and i always thought my god who would say that that's exactly what I was trying to say without saying criminal because I didn't want to compare <laughs> you to a criminal. But exactly, that that sudden relief where, yeah, you're wondering like, whoa, don't you have like bigger things to worry about, like prison time or something? But it's like, no, like I'm just happy that this is over essentially. Right, right. And so I had, I had thought of that, to be honest. I had thought on a psych level, why did I do this? Why did I write into this? to this forum, to this platform. Yeah, well, well we're, we're thankful We're glad for that you did. Um, and I think that this is a very uh, important episode. And, you know, I mean, you kind of alluded to it also in your email that there probably is a bunch of people who are sort of dealing with the same sort of situation. So the fact that you're willing to come on and kind of tell your story um, could be helpful to a lot of people who are listening as well. Right, I'm very grateful for the opportunity. You know, I've listened to the shows before 
OPL and uh, soft white underbelly. You know, I've worked with Mark before. I two really big platforms that are just essentially it's just a look into other people's lives and other stories and it you really do find some kind of and and some support out there where you wouldn't otherwise have it so super grateful for the opportunity and uh just getting a chance to kind of tell my story and anybody else who is out there struggling you're not alone and you're not the only one yeah well we really thank you for that and i think uh like you said sometimes that that's all it is it's not uh, about an answer it's not about coming to a conclusion or you know even you yourself knowing what decision you'll ultimately make but you know just to show that reality just to shed a little light on hey this is my circumstance and i know other people are going through something similar uh is is sometimes just just enough for people to be seen and heard so yeah we really appreciate you reaching out to us and uh, really enjoyed this conversation thanks so much guys thanks joe thanks greg all no right problem. thank you so much have a good one good luck with everything thank you Before we get to our final thoughts, we do have a sponsor for today, which is BetterHelp. BetterHelp uh, connects you with online counselors. Um, you can start communicating in just under 48 hours to talk to your therapist. Uh, it's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. Um, and you can switch from therapist to therapist. They make it very seamless in that way, so you can find the right fit for you. And uh, yeah, it's great. I've been in therapy for a couple years now, and I recommend it to everyone. So if it's something that you've been wanting to dip your toe into or try it out, you can do it with BetterHelp. You can also save some money uh, by going to betterhelp.com slash OPL. You will get 10% off of your first month. Uh, again, that is betterhelp.com slash OPL, and you will get 10% off of your first month. Um, so definitely go join over the million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the experience of a licensed professional. If that was a movie script... Uh it would be a lot. Man, I love the honesty in that woman's voice. You know, and, and we... This is one of the episodes where... I mean, we're all, like, kind of FaceTiming here. Um, but she left her camera on. Mm. And uh, you could just tell by looking at this woman and, like, the way that she's talking and her face and everything that she's just being super genuine. And it's it's uh, it's unfortunate. I think it's unfortunate that, like... You know, you grew up in a time where it wasn't socially acceptable to be gay for whatever reason. I mean, to us, it doesn't make any fucking sense because we kind of didn't. We are adults in the time where everything is socially acceptable. You know what I mean? But like well, most things changing. Are like yeah. Changing. Not like, you know, we're not at the mountaintop yet, but like, you know what I mean? Uh, it's a lot different. So it's like it's impossible for me to understand growing up in that time. Um, and what that can do. I mean, you could be for in your forties, uh, your son is transgender. People already have an idea and you still, for some reason, can't feel like you can't come out and be who you are. You know, it just goes to show like what, you know, societal pressures do to, to yeah. people, you know, and that's just, this is just one example of, you know, with, uh, being gay, but like, there's a lot of different things that just, when they get a hold of you when you're younger, they just last a very long time. Possibly a lifetime. 
a know? lifetime. That's and that's that's crazy. It's that dynamic of living vicariously through your child who is out that you're Oof. supporting, but and still not being able to do it yourself is crazy. And and we don't say that obviously as oh it should be easy or oh just come out like it's not about our opinion of of what yeah. she should do obviously, but like you said, it just shows how deep like the claws of that pressure can dig into a person and it's crazy just the the weight that some people carry through life you know she's still holding a job she's being a mother she's being a wife she's being a girlfriend on the side (laughs) essentially you know and whatever else she does in her life of hobbies interests and things like that you know to maintain all that with this pressure of a secret and a double life you know it's just it's crazy how much some people can just like take on you know just like throw on their back and still just go through life and and go through the motions yeah and i think that in the same way that sexuality is a spectrum i think love can be that as well you know when she was talking about loving her husband and this woman for different reasons, but it's like actual love. Like I believe her, you know, and I, I feel like I can totally understand that. And, um, dude, 17 years, you know, like you're not a side, like a side piece or like a side, you know what I mean? Like it, like 17 years is an insane amount of time Yeah. to be with somebody like, and, and to, especially in that way, you know, to have this degree of separation, only see them every few months or something like that. And to, and to feel like it's worth it and, and keep it going for 17 yeah. years. Like that is, that's love. And I feel like, you know, in, in the, in a, maybe a, a more traditional person's eyes, this is insanely wrong and it's so fucked up and whatever. And what, I mean, by those standards, by those like standards, like maybe it is, but I, I, I feel like, in the same way that sexuality is on a spectrum, that love can be as well, because you can't really fight these types of things, especially this woman trying desperately to hold on to this image um, for the sake of everyone else and for the sake of her life just to be, to go normally because she right. thinks that it would ruin a bunch of stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's all just, like, very unfortunate. I, I hope that this is the year that she feels like, fuck it, I'm going to do it. And everyone is kind of understanding, right. um, which, you know, could very well be the case. I, I think that crazier things have happened. Um, but I, I really do hope that because that would be a, a difficult thing to kind of deal with. Considering the journey that, you know, I'm sure they've, they've been on uh, with their son transitioning, you would hope that if she chooses to come out that there could be some understanding but i get it like it 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 goes wide she's talking about her brother she's talking about you know other people in her family and um yeah it's it's tough but yeah it's and and that's all it is like we said at the end of the call like this is just a glimpse of real life like if this was a rom-com or a romance novel like sure she could just be like i have to be who i am i'm gonna love this woman she tells her family they understand happy ending but you just don't know if it's going to work out that way. Life is super messy. And that just seems to be almost the purgatory that she's in now of indecision. Because any move she makes, it, other things can crumble, you know? It's crazy. 
Yeah, it's it's uh it's wild, man. And and I'm glad that she came on because like I mean, you know, I think there are probably a ton of people, especially around her age, who probably deal with the same thing. Oh I mean, yeah. They grew up in the same time where it was not cool, especially in Catholic schools with fucking nuns around and shit. Yeah. Like, and like not gonna be rulers. the coolest thing. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we we appreciate this woman coming on and talking to us, and hopefully, you know, anyone out there who may be in a similar situation got some sort of clarity or understanding from this. Um, and for anyone else out there that would like to be a guest on our show, um, don't hesitate to reach out to us. Um, you can send us an email at oplpodcast at gmail.com or hit us on our website, oplshow.com. Yeah, follow us on Instagram at oplpodcast. And if you want to support the show and get some bonus episodes, join our Discord chat and help us uh, give a portion of of the patreon funds to a different charity each month during the season then head over to patreon.com slash opl show and that is all see you guys next time